At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. You're listening to Adam Carricker on The Ticket on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome, everybody, back to Adam Carricker on The Ticket live today here on a good Friday. Hope everyone's enjoying the holiday season. Hope everyone's ready for Christmas. Hope everyone's ready for New Year's. Uh, bowl games that used to matter but don't that much anymore. They're kind of like preseason NFL games now, if you ask me. Okay, they're like exhibition games that don't really matter, that a bunch of people don't want to play in. Some people want to watch. Some people don't. And it's really just a bunch of young players that are kind of getting ready for next year. Yeah, it's kind of like a preseason NFL game. You know, the one thing that excites me about expanded college football playoff is more games that are going to matter after the conference championship games. We can get into everything else and all my opinions and how it may or may not devalue the regular season. But what's happened to the bowl games has basically just made them not as interesting for a guy like me who used to love the bowl season, who used to love NCAA tournament time and the college football bowl season. And so for me, I hope you're ready for it. There are some bowl games that are interesting. Obviously, I've given my predictions for my top 11 because those were the ones that stood out to me. Uh, bowl games here on this fine program in uh, the past. I am going to enjoy the New Year's Six especially that Penn State Ole Miss one. That's an intriguing one because you got your starting quarterback, your starting running back on both teams. You got, except for Chop Robinson, who's not playing for Penn State, you got just about everybody who's going to be playing for both those teams. So that's like the one bowl game outside of the two CFP games that I'm like legit very interested in. Plus, it was really hard to pick that game. Okay, I ended up picking Ole Miss, even though I really wanted to pick Penn State. All right, but when you're missing one of the top edge rushers in the country, and Chop Robinson for Penn State, you know, I kind of swung it a little bit. Plus, they're doing co-coordinators on offense, co-coordinators on defense. And on the other side, you've got Lane Kiffin, who's called plays in the NFL and national championship winning teams in college football. So I just feel like it gave him the slight edge. All right, final thoughts on Nebraska's recruiting class when it comes to just looking at their class specifically. And then we can look a little bit beyond. But I thought this was interesting. If you follow at Big Game Boomer on Twitter, lots of lists. Lots of lists come out from this account. And honestly, I don't always agree with the results of the list. I actually do more often than not. But the amount of research that clearly goes into these lists is, is what I respect. And it's why I actually put some validity into the list. But there was a list that came out yesterday. And I thought this was interesting and exciting if you're a Husker fan. The top 20 biggest winners and losers from early signing day. And I just call it signing day now. I know it's early signing day, but let's be real. That 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 signing day, I'm just going to call it that signing day in February is really an afterthought at this point. Okay, especially for Nebraska, who's already got 29 signees. So how many more are you realistically going to add? All right, biggest losers. We're going to start in that department. According to Big Game Boomer on Twitter, Florida. Wow, what's going on in the swamp? Number one biggest loser, according to this list. Number two is SC. Number three. And I'll be honest with you. Since Lincoln Riley has got 
to USC. There's four college football programs in this country. You don't really have to go more than an hour radius around your campus, and you can still walk away with a top 10 recruiting class every year. Those four programs are USC, Texas, Georgia, and the University of Miami. You don't really have to go more than an hour outside of the radius around your college campus, and you should have a top 10 recruiting class every year. All right, according to this list, Lincoln Riley, and I, I think Lincoln's defenses have always been awful. His offenses have always been great. He's, he's a, clearly a quarterback guru. And when it comes to Lincoln coach our quarterbacks, that'd be great. Okay, but don't touch our defense, and apparently don't touch our recruiting either. Um, number two biggest loser early national signing day, according to this list, is USC. And I'm going to go quickly through some of these others after I get past number four. All right, number three is Florida State. They're just having a rough time right now, just in general. Now, their Board of Regents is meeting, and they're trying to get out of the ACC. I mean, let's be real. We all knew it was coming. What is it, a $500 million buyout or something to get out? I saw somewhere the other day. So they're trying to work around that, and they want out. If they go, dominoes will fall quickly. Miami, Clemson, Virginia, North Carolina. Duke is never brought up for some reason. Sorry, basketball team. But apparently uh, – They don't see it the same way they see some of these others. All right, Florida State, number three. Number four is Colorado. Okay, and my wife, she was looking at the National Signing Day rankings the other day. She goes, Adam, and I forget what it was, like the 95th class in the country or something. I didn't really look because I wasn't that interested. Uh, They're like, wow. And I go, Ange, here's why Dion doesn't care. They have the number one transfer portal class in America. Colorado and Ole Miss. The, the classes that they've signed, they've signed an entire new offensive line there at Colorado, which they needed to do. And what Ole Miss has done, okay, the number one edge player, the number one linebacker, a, a ton of players out of the transfer portal going to those two places. Okay, but Colorado, as far as signing young high school kids, eh, eh, not very good. Number four loser. Number five is UCLA. Okay, another Big Ten team. That doesn't thrill me. Okay, I don't want to see – well. I don't mind if other Big Ten teams are struggling if we have to play them. If not, I want the Big Ten to do pretty good. All right, I'm not going to go through the rest of the losers list because really I just wanted to talk about number one on the winners list. But we'll do the top five on the winners list. Okay, starting at number five, Alabama. Shocker. Oregon is number four. All right, there's a Big Ten team in the plus column. Georgia, ugh, again. All right, number two, Miami. I miss Miami being good. I really do. College football is better when teams like Miami, Nebraska are good. All right. And then number one, University of Nebraska. I, if you watched my gut reaction to National Signing Day, and if you've listened to me talk here, I'm clearly very excited about this, this class. I, not only because of the big names, but because of the intangibles of this class, because of the in-state guys, because of the, the guys whose dad played in, at Nebraska in the NFL, because of the hidden gems that I think that I see, that Matt Rule clearly sees something in them as well. Okay, I do like a guy like Larry Tarver Jr. a lot. I do like a guy like Quinn Clark a lot. And these are guys that aren't even brought up that much. Just to give you a couple of quick examples, Camden Cook, Camden Cook was a guy that Matt Rule, whoa, like I said earlier, you see that punt. Like guys like that, that are under the radar, that's Matt Rule's specialty. And I think there's guys like that in this class, along with the guys that we already know about. Okay, again, four players were the number one rated player in their respective states, in addition to this class, along with some of the other things I mentioned as well. So big game boomer. 
has Nebraska as the number one biggest winner. I'm just going to call it what it is, national signing day. I'm going to get rid of that early part. And so when I saw that, I was like, somebody else sees what I'm seeing. Okay, I haven't seen anybody else with quite the excitement about this class that I have. And the risk you take when you get excited is what if it doesn't go well? Well, then you look like a fool. I'm not worried about looking like a fool. I'm worried about just being me and letting my opinion come out and uh, let the chips fall where they may. All right, let's go. Next thing on the list. When we compare Nebraska's class to some of the other classes across the country, I'm just going to read you because we have the 19th, depending on which recruiting service you're looking at, all right? But the one I'm looking at, 247, all right? We have the 19th ranked recruiting class in the country. All right, I'm going to go through the classes ranked ahead of us real quick. Georgia, Bama, Florida State, Ohio State, Texas, Oregon, all right, Notre Dame, Florida, Auburn, LSU, Clemson, Tennessee, Penn State, Michigan, okay, South Carolina, Nebraska, USC's right there. So Matt Rule, in a place that apparently nobody ever wants to come to, if you listen to outside people, Lincoln, Nebraska, his recruiting class is right there with frickin' Los Angeles, California. So think about that. Also, John Cook's been able to pull together a few number one recruiting classes in volleyball. So I do think it's a underrated spot to live. I think it's pretty awesome to live in Nebraska. 19th ranked class in the country. I think it's going to perform better than that when it's all said and done. And yes, I know we're a part of the transfer portal era. Who knows how many of these guys will even be here in a few years, but who transfers in, who transfers out, but every school is dealing with that. Okay. Now you look at the Big Ten specifically. I, I will tell you one thing that did surprise me was South Carolina, number 18 in the country with two five-star players. All right, go Gamecocks. All right, Big Ten recruiting specifically. There were six Big Ten teams, okay, with top 20 recruiting classes. Number one was Ohio State, the only other school besides Nebraska with a five-star commit, and that includes teams like Oregon and Penn State and Michigan and USC. Now, Ohio State has five five-star players. I mean, when you compare that to zero, I mean, one for the rest of the conference combined, I mean, goodness gracious, the fact that Michigan's beaten them three years in a row I mean, they, they got talent acquisition down. And if you saw how Ryan Day reacted when he found out live at the podium that the number one player in the country committed to Ohio State, you could just see the relief falling off of his general being. Okay, that man's under a lot of pressure. He's a very good coach, but you got the talent to beat Michigan. You got to figure it out, and kudos to Michigan. And I know I'm going to talk about some of the new allegations going on with Michigan that have come out this week here in a little bit and how that might affect them in the bowl game and their CFP game. And how does it affect them versus Bama? Does Jim Harbaugh want to come back now? Can he just pull a Pete Carroll and get up and leave and go to the NFL and not have to deal with anything? Kind of like what good old Pete Carroll did to USC. You look at the big 10, number one, Ohio state, number two, Oregon, number three, Penn state, number four, Michigan, number five, USC, number six, Nebraska. Again, Nebraska's right there. Okay. With a team like USC. Okay. You follow Nebraska. Okay, you got Wisconsin. My printer didn't print number number eight, so I don't know who it is, but number nine is Iowa. Okay, then you got Rutgers, Minnesota, Washington, Maryland, Illinois, Michigan State, Indiana. UCLA should not be 17th out of 18 teams in the Big Ten. And then 18 is Northwestern. All right, so top six in the Big Ten, top 19 in the country when it comes to recruiting class and these rankings and how things are evaluated. So this was something I thought was interesting. I talked about this on the Big Ten show that I do. The top 20 classes in the country, this is, be, this is clearly going to be a two-conference dominant college football going forward. Like I said, of the top 20 classes in the country, the Big Ten has six. The SEC has 10. I mean, 
16 of the 20 top classes in America belong to two conferences. All right. I don't know what that means for the future of college football going forward at some point, if these two just break away or how all that works. But the next conference with the most was ACC with only three okay, teams in the top 20 recruiting rankings-wise. Then you got Notre Dame, who apparently is so special, they get to be overrated, not as good as everyone thinks they are every year, not join a conference, but they have a top 20 recruiting class. The Big 12 Conference, which is, I don't mean this respectfully, I just mean this factually, kind of all the leftovers from everyone who couldn't make every other conference outside of Washington State, Oregon State, who weren't even cool enough to be invited to the Big 12. Okay, the Big 12, talking about all those teams, the Big 12 had zero teams in the top 20 recruiting rankings wise. They're going to be a large conference with a lot of teams that used to be in really good conferences. So we'll see what happens to the Big 12 as we go on down the line. Now, just briefly transfer portal stuff. Okay, and again, I talked about this on my Big 10 show as well. But of the 10 teams with the most amount of transfers leaving their school, four of them belong to the Big 10 conference. That's not exciting. Okay. Now, in fairness, four of them also belong to the SEC. Maybe that's you get a bunch of highly recruited players. They don't get a play right away, and they're looking for an exit somewhere else. So maybe that explains that. But the top three teams are all Big Ten teams, okay? All tied for one, two, and three with the most amount of transfers in the country are Indiana, Michigan State, and Purdue. Then you got Cincinnati, four, Arkansas, five, NC State, and Vanderbilt are tied for six and seven. Georgia and Florida tied for eight and nine. Then you got Ohio State. Last I looked, 16 players in the transfer portal. I don't know. It's been a while since I looked, so maybe they're up to 82 at this point at the way things are going. But as of, as of the last time I looked, they had 16, okay? And obviously that includes Kyle McCord who went to Syracuse. You already knew that. Nebraska, three scholarship players that entered the transfer portal. I think that was as big as anything when it came to talent acquisition and retention. You get better and better. The more you do something, the more you rep something, the more you learn something. Not having to start over with new players, even if they're just as talented. The fact that these guys are back next year will make them that much better. We'll make the Huskers that much better going forward into next season. All right. Last final thought. And Matt Rule talked about how he'll flip guys' positions, and he likes positionless players. But I'm just going to throw this out there real quick. Okay, as of right now in this recruiting class, okay, we have 14 offensive players. All right, 10 defensive players. Four athletes, guys listed as athletes, and one punter. Now, where they end up actually playing under Matt Rule and his staff, I suppose we shall see in the near future. All right, I hear some music in the background. Rico's telling me to be quiet so we can go to commercial breaks, a commercial break, and pay some bills. So I'm going to do that. Ladies and gentlemen, I got a lot more, got a lot more information after this break. Uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.